So here we go, welcome to my Camino day 21. It's gonna be a good one, folks. I know you're saying they're all good. They're all amazing, but this one is gonna be super good. Why, you may ask, what's different? Let's get up to four kilometers an hour here. Well, what's different? Mm, where do I start? First of all, I have uh, got up early. My uh, cats, or my cat Bobby in particular, woke me at 4 a.m. <sighs> Turns out there was no food in the bowl. Sometimes he wakes me, I go down, Bobby goes down, Bessie follows, and there's food in the bowl, and I'm annoyed. Today I went down, there was no food. I thought, well, given that they are my masters, I should have had food there. I accept total blame, and I will accept whatever punishment they deem fit. <clears throat> um, I was going to go back to sleep, but I realized, no. Every time I do that, I'm groggier, actually. Actually, what happens is I can't sleep, and then I fall asleep at eight in the morning, so. I got up. Oh, pardon for all my snorting and sniffing. I'm a snorter and a sniffer, okay? Guilty as charged, Your Honor. But I don't take drugs. I'm not that kind of snorter and sniffer. Just one of these kind of allergic kind of guys. You know, the kind of guys that all the ladies go nuts for? That's me. Guys with inhalers and stuff. Like character out of the Big Bang Theory, like Leonard. That's me, folks. <clears throat> anyway, what else is different? So it's now 4.45 a.m. by the time I get started. I'm slow in the mornings. And by the way, uh, it's, it's the afternoon. We're in BK land in, uh, in uh, Spain, where BK Lee is doing his Camino. I actually started this yesterday, and I got to this point yesterday evening, and I got deja vu. And then I started checking, oh, am I on the wrong bed? And I stopped. And, I ended up running out of time because I had a finite amount of time because I'd ordered pizza. So, I uh, ended up abandoning it and editing the previous episode just to get back on track with where I was. So I've missed a few days, so what I am thinking I'll do today, no promises, I might, let's see, it's 4.45. Uh, yeah, I might do three today, but I will break them up into three days. That would be nice. I really want to kind of clock up the numbers. Here we've got bales of hay on the left. Kind of reminds me of um, the Ireland. I, when I grew up in Ireland, it was all rectangular bales of hay. And then eventually, because I used to help with the hay with the neighbours, um, with my neighbour John Commons and the Grealishes. And... Uh, that was a lot of fun. We'd stack up the hay and sit atop the trailer, sometimes take turns driving the tractor. That was fun. But uh, now it's all silage in big rolls um, that are covered in black, like bin bagger sort of plastic. Bin bagger, whatever, bin bag plastic. Um, 
but there in Spain, I saw there anyway, they seem to be large rectangular bales. Oh, I tripped there, but larger than back in my day. And the reason I tripped, this is today's other big announcement. I am carrying my sticks with me, and I actually, my walking sticks, and I have my phone this time strapped to my um, calf, I guess. Or just about, yeah, my ankle, that area. Interesting to see how it counts steps down there. When I had it on my upper arm, I thought I was cycling. So at least when I put it down there, there's loads of movement. Now, the sticks. How is this gonna work out? Oh, God. Seemed like a good idea at the time. Um, well, I can tell you, putting them on the treadmill, hold on, is weird. And probably not a good idea. Yeah. I think the only way to use them will be to make them longer so that they go down to the ground beside the treadmill. But that begs the question. I mean, this whole mention of sticks on a treadmill begs the question, why? And the answer to that is, I don't know. God, it looks like a picture postcard here in Spain. Uh, or rather there in Spain, I get, it all gets blur at times. Here in Ireland, completely dark, pre-sunset. But of course, I got my sad lamp on in front of me, which I've been reminded should be higher. It's meant to represent the sun. Anyway, the bright light from that does kind of get me going. But yeah, it's dark. Strange weather lately, we've had some, it's bright at times and it gets stormy. I think the worst is over. Donegal had it bad, apparently. I'm in Galway, Ireland, just outside, a few miles outside Galway City, for anyone listening. We call it a city, but it's kind of more like a big town, in my humble opinion. I guess what you call a city kind of is relative to where you come from. I mean, in North America, I'm pretty sure anything under a million people is not called a city. I stand open to correction as ever. I am merely your humble servant, repeating the nonsense that goes through my head in the hopes that some of it may prove useful. If not to you, then to, as I think I've mentioned before, aliens thousand years hence who make their way uh, down to Earth. Not necessarily, actually. I mean, maybe they receive signals first. Because you know the way the internet is broadcast in all different ways, on lines and wireless and all sorts of things. And isn't Elon Musk putting these things? Some of them are up already, rotating, broadcasting the internet. Apparently it's messing things up for astronomers, because Hey, BK's making good progress here. It's up a hill and he's he's overtaken like nobody's business. I'm glad I got up early. I think um, I think my energy is helping him go up to 4.2. It's going to help him a bit, I think. And, uh, yeah, the sticks are not working out. I might just hang one of them here. 
Okay. I'll leave it hanging off one of the arms of my treadmill as a nice memento. And I'll keep one. My right hand is resting on one. Yeah, do you know what? I'll just keep it loosely on my wrist, hanging off. It's purely talismanic. Yeah, and I did have a good story about my knees being banjaxed and I was praying for a stick. And Rita, whom I'd met the day before, from British Columbia, Kamloops, appeared like an angel and said, are you, are you okay, James? No, she just said, hi, James. We got talking. I told her my knees were banjaxed. She shared one of her sticks with me, which was so gracious because she was 80. Now I sound like a, I don't, that doesn't make me sound so good, does it? But I needed it. She offered it. I took it. Um, gratitude would be a good thing to talk about sometime. Why not now since I've brought it up? And there's probably so much to say about gratitude. It's something you hear a lot from wise people, even kind of snake oil merchants with their kind of easy philosophies. Even they'll usually throw in a bit, a bit about gratitude, whether they're serious or not about it. Where are we here? Someone's selling produce on the left. Lots of lovely stone walls on the right, made with that kind of brown stone, freestanding walls. We're in a narrow kind of path now. Sometimes it reminds me of Ireland, but it's not as green. And the sky is a lot bluer than we normally get here. I remember once in Italy, in on the Amalfi Coast, in, I'm going to say Agerola on the Amalfi Coast, but that's up high. Well, we had a view of the sea anyway, wherever we were, and I just remember the sea was so blue and still, and the sky was so blue, and you couldn't, it was hard to make out where they met, and that was a beautiful sight. I was going to say you'd never see that in Ireland, but you might see the sea and the sky are so grey that you see where they meet, but even then there would be usually some <coughs> white foam on the sea. I'm not one of these people who feels like, oh yeah, I have to live in the sun. Some people really seem to need it and miss it, but I dare say I could get used to it. I said before here, you're in California, I if I had the opportunity, I'd check it out just for the experience. <clears throat> it's about almost the opposite of growing up in Ireland, the west of Ireland. But gratitude. Well, they all talk about it in terms of your life is so much better with gratitude. Some people make a gratitude list. Um, I think it helps, but I think I know it helps. But 
can you force yourself into a state of gratitude? I mean, I guess doing a gratitude list every night, even when you don't feel like it, could help. I just know me, I'm not good with homework and things like that, so I probably attempted one of those for a while. But I have come to a place in my life where <clears throat> there seems to be a, a modicum of gratitude. So I'm grateful for that too. Uh, it's a good feeling. And I just do seem to have at the moment a sense of perspective. I mean, my colleagues will, will know, say, you know, I complain a lot about certain things. I have disagreements sometimes at work about how things should be done. Well, I have strong ideas about how things should be done. Uh, won't get into it here. Anyway, yes, I definitely won't get into that here. Um, but, yeah, overall, the gratitude kind of kicks in a lot more than it used to. <clears throat> despite my propensity for complaining and occasionally whining. I do find with all this complaining about COVID, I, I know it's real, but about lockdowns and things, but and it's hard for businesses and everything, but <clears throat> I guess people complaining on a small level, like about not being able to go out and get ridiculously drunk at Christmas, you know, do the 12 pubs of Christmas tradition, which is, I don't know if that exists anywhere outside of Ireland. It's just another excuse to get completely wasted uh, in the name of so-called tradition or quote, fun, unquote. Um, yeah, you know what? A year without 12 pubs of Christmas, that's a blessing. That's one thing I'm grateful for, not that I, I've never partaken in that. I mean, 12 pubs. You meant to wear a stupid Christmas jumper as well. And, uh, oh yeah, we're, I love this pathway we're on now. It's just lots of kind of green, green strawy looking grass or straw or hay or, I guess it's, it's hay that's been um, harvested, isn't it? I don't know, it's yellowy anyway. Um, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, 12 pubs. I mean, if that involved, like, I'm assuming it would, depending on what your tipple is, but say for, if I was a traditional Irish male, let's just say 12 pints of Guinness, oh my God. I would not enjoy that. I doubt I've ever had that amount of Guinness in a day in my life. I mean, if I did, it would have been spread over. You know, if, if I haven't done this in a long time, if you start early. Um, uh, intersperse it with water. If you spread that out over 12 hours or more, say even 14 hours or something, with water in between. Uh, no, you'd still be quite drunk, I think. 
But if you condense that into six hours, which would be more likely, yeah, that's, man, I couldn't do that. I know in the old days, Guinness, I used to drink Guinness quite a bit, it's, and it's, uh, if I were to drink it now, it really would be a pint, like with, um, oh, I was, I was talking about this the other day, Guinness with oysters, I think that is delicious. People drink it with um, champagne or I th Prosecco, I think it became a thing, that sounds kind of, that Prosecco certainly was trendy or maybe is still. But like drinking, eating oysters with something sweet. I mean, well, I've never tried it, but I just think Guinness and salty things go so well. And I remember once I was working with my cousin Mossy doing some, um, I was going to say surveillance work. <laughs> Let's go with that for a while. That's kind of funny. We were doing some surveillance work on, I can't say too much, I'd have to beep out the names, notorious uh, East Galway criminal, one of the Costello clan, I've said too much. We were sitting outside the house, drinking coffee from, you know, cardboard cups and eating donuts, you know the routine. And uh, actually, I can't say any more about that. The notorious Costello clan, we put them away for a long time. That's all I'll say. You can Google it if you want. Now I'll, I'll get back to the real story. Mossy, oh yeah. So I used to do, um, see I'm not good in the mornings. Um, ordinance surveillance work, not surveillance work. I'm thinking of one time I was helping Mossy clear out stuff from one of his houses and we, uh, he had copper, copper piping. And I said, well, we should sell that to the travelers who do buy copper piping. So we went down anyway. And the man who came up to us turned out to be the father of Francie Barrett, a famous uh, boxer. He was a Southpaw, wasn't he? He must have been because the documentary was called Southpaw. By, of course, I can't remember the director's name. Anyway, we opened the boot and Mr. Barrett had the bag of copper out of the boot. He grabbed it in his hand to weigh it. I won't try and do his accent said there was about, I don't know, a hundred weight or whatever he said was there. So the weighed it with his hand, left it down on the ground. So it was already out of the boot and on the ground. So in a way, we, the transaction was half done already. And he said, so I was about, he said, I think he was, well, I was about to say we want a hundred euro for it. Now I haven't a clue what it was worth. Uh, but that was going to be my opening gambit. So, but he goes, you know, it's X hundred weight or whatever. 
I'll give you 20 euros for it. And I was about to say, uh, you must be joking. We're looking for 100. Now, you must remember, this was just all a bit of crack. And, uh, but still, I was hoping it would be financially lucrative crack, the best kind of crack. Well, there is a financially lucrative crack, but you can get in a lot of trouble with that stuff, so let's, not, let's stick with the copper. Anyway, before I could get a word in edgeways, my cousin Mossy, who would claim to be shrewd, and uh, I, until this moment, would have pegged him as shrewd, said, yeah, James, that's about what we were thinking, wasn't it? Now, I haven't read Donald Trump's The Art of the Deal yet. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that's not how he would have done it. <laughs> well, don't think he's the best example anyway. Anyway, what can we do? Where could I go from there? He offers us 20. Mossy says that's grand. Deal done. In fairness to Mossy, he gave me the whole 20, so I did well out of that. I, I, my investment was zero. My um, gross profit was 20, and yeah, my, uh, what's the other one? Net profit was 20, so my turnover was 20. Profit was, I realize now I'm broadcasting this, there could be someone from the, um, from Revenue listening in. <coughs> Just a made-up anecdote, of course. Yeah, I would have said a hundred. It still uh, rankles a little bit. Like I reckon, if I'd said a hundred, we might have got forty out of them. So I wouldn't consider myself good at bargaining and deals in general, or salesmanship, or anything like that. But there's one thing. Okay. That's one story where, well, my only approach would be just ask for a ridiculous amount, see what they offer you. That's, that's all I have there, folks, if you want to write that down or if you want to wait for the book, there'll be a chapter on that in there, I dare say. Um, so, oh yes, here's the other one. Here's, I'm going to put on the fan here. Put it on low for the moment. Take a water break. Stick is causing me problems. I'm just gonna hang it here. I like, I like seeing the sticks hanging off the bars at the side of my treadmill. As I said, talismans. So here's my other little thing. I know, say in a work situ situation, hypothetically speaking, of course, totally fictitious work situation. If you're emailing management or someone above you or you're trying to get something a better propose a better way of doing things god forbid or you're just trying to get or more money or whatever i mean i used to do the nice guy routine because i wasn't assertive enough and i've seen other people do it now since and it's like 
you're looking for something, but then if you give them a reason to say no within your request, I mean, you're doomed right from the start. I'd say I did that for years because I do kind of um, have multiple points of view of things. I'm always seeing things from all sides, which in many ways isn't a bad thing. But when negotiating, really don't give them any ammo to use against you. You know, it's like, well, I know things are tight and blah, 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 and I know you could say such and such, but however, blah, 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 here's what I need. But then they just have to come right back and say, yes, you're right about, I know such and such, blah, 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 you know. But thanks for asking. So I'm 49. I say I only discovered that in the last couple of years. So, slow learner. Um, I will eventually, after I publish my treadmill on a Camino book, <clears throat> some stage in my life when I learn a few more tricks about negotiating, and <laughs> investing, all that kind of stuff, I'll print it. Uh, I'll be about 99 if I live that long. I think by then I might have gleaned enough kind of tidbits to uh, reminds me of a book by Mark Corrigan, the fictitious character in Peep Show, Business Secrets of the Pharaohs. And uh, oh, there's a great episode. He met some dodgy publisher. Now, I know I was meant to talk about something else today. Oh, gratitude. We'll come back to that. We'll come back to that. So I'm just grateful of something to talk about right now. So Mossy, that's your mention over. That's my that's a familial reference over. If you're bored, Mossy, you can tune out. But you might learn a thing or two if you stay tuned. So what else? I'll probably call this episode My Cousin Mossy. In reference to, of course, my cousin Vinny. <clears throat> oh god, I'm all sniffly today. <sighs> Chronic sinus problems. If anyone sponsors me, it should be one of those, you know, sinusitis people. But then, if they were sponsoring me, they'd say, yeah, could you uh, edit out the sniffles, please? So I, I, I'm a maverick. I, I don't want to be controlled by anybody, so that's why I refuse sponsorship. <laughs> I mean, I've been plagued. I had to change my number and everything. I was, I've been plagued with sponsorship requests and I've turned them all down because this needs to be pure. Anyway, I'm open. In fairness, I do have a price, so keep, keep offering and you'll find out when you hit my price. I mean, I'm willing to sell out for, well, I'd consider selling out for a million or 10,000. <laughs> what is my price? God. No, no, a million. I'm sticking with a million. Yeah. Okay. So, back to, oh yeah, Peep Show. So, Mark Corrigan, our hapless hero in Peep Show, wants to print this book, The Business Secrets of, Pharaoh, of the Pharaohs. And um, he's got some dodgy publisher on board who keeps meeting him at like hot dog stands and things, never in an office. 
And there's one bit where he's saying, uh, I'm going to put my fan up here. And uh, actually, I'll put my incline up while I'm at it. He's saying to Mark, oh, yeah, the, um, you know, the cost of pulp has gone up or whatever. And we need, you know, the writers have to contribute a few thousand each for the printing. And Mark is, oh, that's terrible. The, uh, his dodgy publisher says, oh, yes, I know. Rusty's furious about it. <laughs> that's the line I remember the most. Rusty's furious. But you know what? The treadmill gets squeaky when I put the incline up. Um, put it up more anyway. So, uh, where was I? Peep show. Oh, yeah, Mark kept talking about that book. And then there was eventually a printing of it, and there was typos even on the cover, and the whole thing was a disaster. But um, there's one bit, he's in a lift with some guy, and he says, oh, Business Secrets of the Pharaohs. So tell me, that sounds interesting, tell me about that. And Mark starts off, he says, well, yes, the interesting thing about it is there's actually no correlation between modern business and the Pharaohs. And then his voice trails off. And you think he's about to say, you know, however, <laughs> he just says nothing. <laughs> the lift door opens and the guy gets out. So. <laughs> oh, poor Mark. I hope he's doing well. There's a guy on uh, LinkedIn who set up a profile as Mark Corrigan. Every so often you get like things to congratulate him on. I don't know, work anniversary. They were great characters. My favorite, I mean, I love Mark and Jez, of course, but uh, my favorite is Alan Johnson. I know Superhands is a big favorite out there too, but for me, Johnson, what a character. Okay, we're coming up to going under a bridge here. And uh, I repeat, we're going under a bridge with graffiti on each side and the uh, requisite light at the end of the tunnel. So, sort of, it's not quite the afterlife experience because it's not all blown out white. So we're not getting the full afterlife vibe. Little bit of it though. So we're coming out of the shadow now, into the light, being born again. Okay, I'm putting my treadmill down to one. My listeners don't need squeaking. All they need is the dulcet tones of my voice and my wisdom to get them through the day. So, gratitude. See, all these things that I think I can say a lot about, turns out I can't. And then I talk about, what was I talking about one day? The, spirituality of the fart joke. Yeah, I got a lot out of talking about farting, all right. One would imagine you should get at least the same out of gratitude. <coughs> but I'm going up to 4.4. Let's go nuts here. Um, halfway through, so this is my day 20, and I think I'll do a day at least my day 21 and maybe my day 22 straight after because I need to catch up. 
Zungi Ferret to BK. Okay, and we have overtaken. We've taken pole position nearly. No exchange of Buen Caminos here. This is real competitive stuff. BK's hoping for the yellow jersey at the end of the trail today. <clears throat> um, gratitude. Yeah, so I seem to have received, uh, come to a place of more gratitude in my life. And as I said, I'm not always the best at doing those exercises where you write things down, keep your gratitude journal. That's just because I never really studied in school and I'm just plain old lazy. But somehow I've reached the point where there is gratitude and perspective. And when I find myself moaning, I really like that quote from Anthony Hopkins that I quoted the other day and he said, I, <clears throat> I accept everything and I expect nothing. And I know I quoted that on day one here and a couple of times since. But when I heard him say that, I was at a point in my life where luckily I seemed to be doing that. Now that doesn't mean I'm at that point all the time. And even yesterday, some small thing was bothering me and then I thought of that phrase and I thought, okay, I accept it and I don't expect anything. And it really was a small thing, but so that was a case where I actually was able to apply it. But I think, just think when you're in a really bad place in your life, all these things can seem trite. But if you're feeling good and stable and feeling naturally grateful and then you slip off it a bit, sometimes the phrase can just sort of refocus and bring you back in. Um, <clears throat> I'm not one for easy answers. I think Hopkins went through a lot of self-destructiveness before coming to that. And uh, he reckons that was the journey he had to take. So we're all on our own journey, our own Camino. Um, I did hear something else. What was it, a quote from, was it Roosevelt or was it? Oh, Franklin or anyway, or wife of one of the presidents. Sounds sexist, isn't it? I'm like, oh, I don't even know her name, but honestly, I don't remember. Was it a president or a wife or someone totally different? But the quote was, comparison is the enemy of joy or something. And it's true, when we start comparing ourselves to others, yeah, it doesn't help. And the best advice, I mean, actually this, this was given out by Jordan Peterson, I know he's divisive. I think some of what he says is just common sense though. Uh, don't compare yourself to others, compare yourself to how you were the other day. That's pretty sound advice, wherever it comes from. Someone's going to go back and say Hitler said that. But you know, I don't think Hitler said that, but even if he did, it's like it's still good advice. But 
generally speaking, I'd say uh, steer clear of that guy. Uh, I presume everybody has good advice once in a while, no matter how awful they are. <clears throat> Perhaps even I do. Um, where was I? Oh yeah, but another thing. Comparison can also make you grateful for what you have. It's just when I hear people with their small first world complaints, myself included, you know, there's a recent horrible story in London, murdered young woman, and I'm like, I'm setting the bar for serious tragedy somewhere around there. Seriously, just, you know, that's, that's tragedy. Okay, so not being able to get completely stoicious drunk in 12 pubs in Galway at Christmas, wearing a silly sweat, uh, Christmas jumper. That's somewhat, somewhere below tragedy, shall we say. Thus ended the sermon. I'd make a great preacher, but I don't have the kind of vocal tones to be a Southern preacher, you know? If I was a preacher, I would like, in the Southern one, you've got the white preachers and the black preachers. Black preachers just sound happier, you know? So, if I came back in an, another life as a preacher, definitely would rather be a black preacher. They seem to just have more fun. Some of those southern white preachers, ah oh man, a little bit stern. So, of course I'm generalizing, as usual. I mean, if you don't know much, you have to generalize, in fairness. Where would I be without generalization? I mean, that's what, that's what got me through my final exams, considering I hadn't studied. I would have failed completely if I wasn't able to generalize the art of BSing. I'm something I'm particularly good at, and uh, not to be sneezed at, very useful. BS is a useful tool. So we're coming up to a stop here. Oh, now I would be stopping. I'd be going in for a zumo de naranja, orange juice. And yeah, probably just that at this time, probably not coffee. It's the afternoon, BK keeps going. I tell you, I'm having some zumo de naranja directly after this treadmill. Uh, about, if about is the word. I'll do two or three of these today. Maybe just two. And shower and work. Can't believe I got up at four. Thanks to Bobby, my cat. But it was a wise choice. I just know if I tr tried falling asleep, I'd be awake until eight then fall asleep at eight, then suddenly have to get up and work, uh, work meeting. No, not good. So, I've got my incline at one. 
and it's not not too squeaky, I think. They say that if you put your incline on your treadmill at one, it kind of closer replicates walking on a real surface. How, how true or not that is, I don't know. But I'm sticking with it. I'm dying to see how my phone is counting my steps, given it's on my uh, ankle. I do have a smartwatch upstairs, but it wasn't really counting right. It wasn't linked to my Google Fit account. And these days I'm all about analog watches anyway. Looking at my Seiko here, God, it's a nice watch. Diver's watch. Pretty ironic for someone who's scared of pretty much of swimming anywhere out of his depth. I was in Greece once. I think I told this story before. But hey, why not repeat it? Because like either you either you missed it or you may have forgotten some of the details, so win-win, right? So I met this. I've been on too many holidays on my own. Like, I'm gonna have to get a missus to go on holidays with my partner. Even, actually, a girlfriend or a friend, this going on your own thing, I'm tired of it. But I did a kind of interrailing thing. Yeah, it was fun, I met people along the way. One stage, I met a young guy from Hong Kong, a few years younger than me. Uh, he was studying in San Diego, spoke good English. And uh, anyway, a little cocky, I thought. But see, when people younger than me are cocky, I don't like it. I guess I'm old-fashioned like that. I'm like, respect for your elders. I mean, what age was I then? 30, I think. He was maybe... I don't know, 24 or something. I'm not sure. Anyway, still, I used to do that. You'd hang out with someone for a while because you'd meet them and then move on and get with other people or be on your own for a bit or whatever. So I guess it's better than doing a long holiday with your wife if you're not getting on. You can't just kind of walk away from her. Although that book, which is now a TV series, Us, by David Nichols, a writer I like a lot. It's kind of about that. Um, my favorite, I loved One Day. That's my, my favorite of his, well, it's One Day or Sweet Sorrow. Probably One Day, but I know people had mixed reports about it. But then when something gets successful, especially pop, popular fiction, there's always going to be a little backlash book I'm writing, I was imagining it to be a David Nichols type book. It turns out it's a James Finland type book. <laughs> Who would have guessed, as Donald Trump would say. Who knew? You know? Hey, who knew that writing a book was so difficult? Anyway, let's see how it goes. I'm kind of trying to write an English style book. But like a narrator by an Irish man, but I mean just based on a certain type of, I guess, David Nichols in particular books I'd read. And you find in those books there's often a token Celt. So I just made the Celt the main character. And it is interesting writing about being Irish in London. He kind of swore a lot less there than he does here, which would be me. But then, yeah, ends up back in Galway and 
Turns out a lot more happens in Galway than I planned. Maybe a bit in Dublin. I wonder could I, or gone under a tunnel, repeat, under a tunnel. And there is a light at the end of this tunnel. This is classic afterlife experience. Buckles your seatbelts. Expect some turbulence. And we are entering the afterlife coming up. It's a nice long tunnel. Much nicer than the other one. Made from kind of proper stones. And oh, we're out of it. Then there's another tunnel. Oh, you know, when you're hot, it's nothing like walking under those tunnels. Just to cool down. And water is so important on the Camino. But you don't want to carry too much because every gram counts. So you got to get that right. I'm still wondering. I still feel I've missed a big chunk of the Camino here that, in BK's videos. I haven't seen the fountain that pours wine. It's very small drips of wine. I haven't seen that yet. He's between Chiriquai and Lorca. I'm really not even attempting to pronounce these right, although Lorca is probably close enough. Chiriquai, Kuriquai, I don't know. I'm gonna have to check at some stage where we are in relation to my journey and have we missed anything major. There's a major love story coming up, as regular listeners will know. Involving a young lady called Julia. I use the term love story in quotation marks. More unrequited than requited. Does anyone even talk about requited love? I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, I was talking about something fascinating. Just there. Wasn't I? See, the tunnel put me off. I was talking about gratitude, peep show. Oh, man. We'll never know. It'll come back to me. See, everything was going well. Then I felt I had to comment on the tunnel. And now I'm, like, bereft. I was talking about gratitude. And... Just, yeah, just deciding certain things you hear about in the news, you kind of go, that's a tragedy. Anything else that I consider a personal tragedy, I measure it against that bar. And it usually falls way short. Part of me feels like saying, well, often to myself, I go, shut the F up. I'm not giving that advice, I'm not going to say that to other people. Works for me though. Doesn't mean you can still acknowledge, you know, the sadness in your heart, all that stuff, and that's, that, that is real. But perspective is good. Well, what was I going to talk about? Oh man. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Traveling. Did a bit of interrailing. Kind of didn't know. Most mornings, if not every morning, I didn't know where I'd be resting my head that night. Sometimes I didn't even know what country I'd be resting my head in. That's a great feeling. Oh, I yearn for to get that back. Um, 
So I ended up in the Greek islands and I was on a boat going to... Not Eos, is that the party island? I ended up in one of those kind of party islands. It wasn't the big party island. I felt so lonely there. Just people were there in groups. And... Yeah, I just don't fit into that scene, you know? But um, I think I was going to Santorini. I met him on a boat, got chatting. Ended up staying in a nice hostel. There was a group of Irish guys there. Some nice uh, English guys as well, Irish women. Mix of Irish and English, and also an Australian woman. Seemed to be mainly English speakers. But anyway, the guy I was hanging out with from, I think, Hong Kong via San Diego. Did I say he was Korean earlier? I'm pretty sure Hong Kong via San Diego. He was, uh, yeah, a good bit younger than me and more disciplined. Anyway, he said he was going to go on a diving course the next day. I was, yeah, I think I'll go too. And I don't think he believed me. Anyway, no, I said I'm going on it. Which is ridiculous considering how scared I am of water. <laughs> I wasn't thinking straight. So then the English and Irish group set up a drinking game. Moog and Sarah joined in. Can't remember the rules of the game. And then went down to some um, party on the beach. Full moon party or something and they had bars on the beach. But I was saying anyway to you, what was his name? I don't know, but Camino, he kind of went by, um, yeah, I need to turn up the volume on my headphones. Hold on a sec now. Let's hope I don't mess things up again. Oops. Oh my God, I did mess things up. Oh, great. I stopped the video. Okay, great. I just keep messing things up. Let's turn up the volume here. Okay. So, uh, what was his name? He had two initials, kind of like BK here. But he was, man, you're not going to go on diving course, man. I know, trust me, man, you Irish, you won't, man. I was like, I will go, I will, I'm gonna go. Trust me, man, you won't, you won't, man, no way, you Irish. The more he said that, the more annoyed I got. Of course, I ended up going to the beach party, falling asleep on the beach, coming, straggling back to the hostel at sunrise. I was on the bunk above his, he was getting up. He was just shaking his head. You Irish, I told you, man, you won't, man. No way, man. I was like, oh, man, F you. He was right, though. But for me, doing a diving course, considering I'm still scared of, due to an experience I had of being out of my depth in the water. And I suppose it was that kind of bravado thinking of, oh, yeah go in the deep end, just do a diving course to get over it. But like, I don't think that's the way anyway. But doing it with a hangover, oh, yeah, definitely not. Or as the case may be, I was probably half drunk when I arrived back. But no, I just went to bed and had a nice snooze. So he was right, but he was, felt he was a bit hard on the whole Irish race, blaming it all on, on my irises. 
plenty of Irish people do diving and have diving certificates. I now have my, my watch, my Seiko is PADI uh, approved, P-A-D-I something. Not a guy called Paddy, no, P-A-D-I, diving something something. So, watch this space. Well, I feel, I don't, I've got the watch, I don't need to dive, but hopefully I can impress a few ladies with uh, my, my Paddy watch. I'll certainly make sure I keep it exposed. The watch, that is, under my sleeve, but not under above my sleeve. I'm not going to actually, obviously, put it over my sleeve, but you know, make sure it protrudes a little. Good conversation starter. Oh, you're a diver. Oh. Yeah, I can see it backfiring. She want me to invite her out diving. I'll just have to be mysterious. I'll have to imply I'm a diver without saying yes. You know, lying is never a good start. Way to start a relationship. So, time-wise, eight minutes or seven minutes left here, okay. And I have a little resyncing to do there earlier on when I stopped the video. Idiot that I am. Anyway, it could be worse. So, up a hill, house on the right, blue sky. Bit of blue sky thinking, maybe, would, would be helpful right now. I'm just going to blue sky this one a little bit. American ad jingles. I came across another one last night. Can't remember it. The only two I know of by heart are Liberty Insurance. Liberty, 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 Liberty. And Farmers. Is that also insurance? We are farmers. Bum, ba -dum, bum, 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 bum. That's more fun to sing than the Liberty one. What's the other one? Can't remember. Imagine people get paid to write that stuff and to sing it. There's some guy who does an American ad for what's that? Insurance or something with a big deep voice. And then they had another ad, and it's all about people spotting him in a restaurant, the actual actor, and said, oh, that's the, uh, that's the 21% off guy or whatever. That's not the phrase. American ads, though. I mean, I don't, I'm not a fan of ads, but I would say UK ads, say comedic UK ads, and even some Irish comedic ads are better than American ones. And certainly, UK sketch comedy. We don't really have a history of it in Ireland. The English do. Um, streets ahead of American sketch comedy. But that's cultural, obviously, too. Some Americans may disagree. But Saturday Night Live, it just always seems so brash to me and so infantile or something. Although I do like that one with Bill Murray doing the um, talking about the sweaty balls uh, Christmas treat. A part of the joke was it was done like an NPR broadcast. And it was done on video, obviously, for uh, SNL. But there were in the headsets 
His name is Peach Buddy, and he makes these Christmas balls, which are del a delicacy. And uh, but he calls them his sweaty balls. And yeah, it sounds really crude. Hola, buen camino. It is crude, but sometimes with the joke, the crude joke, it's not the crudeness that's so much funny as the delivery. And it was just the two women in it with them, they were so, such classic NPR types. Anyone who's like listened to some NPR output would get it. They may have been based on actual presenters, I don't know, but they all had their Christmas sweaters on, headphones on the head. And the women were just, mmm, mmm, delicious. And, and the sketch <clears throat> is funnier because it's on, it's on video, but it's meant to be a radio show. So if you imagine, we have the context, but if you imagine it without the context, you don't, where you don't see the actual, the things they're eating, it is funnier. I'm giving away too many of my trade secrets here on comedy. Uh, if you want more, you can tune in to my... Uh, I'm going to be running a separate uh, writing podcast, writing popular fiction, writing literature, uh, writing comedic sketches. How are we doing time-wise? He's coming through town. Oh, and uh, the art of the deal. Oh, Buen Camino, he's going for something to eat. Oh, have a cold beer. Come on, have a cold beer. Oh, it dissolved. We'll never know what happened. Now, what time is it now? 2.57, I got three minutes to go. So I was just advertising my courses. Popular fiction, writing with James Finland. Uh, high literature, writing with James Finland. How to win it, that'll be the How to Win a Booker Prize Award. And uh, what else? Sketch comedy with James Finland. And the art of the deal with James Finland. So all coming, watch this space. And BK has set off again. I'm just looking forward to pausing in a minute now, then having a, uh, an orange juice, maybe another coffee, let's be bold. And uh, I guess doing one more of these. Oh my God, it's quarter to six. I mean, I would normally still be in bed. This is insane in the membrane. Okay. 2.58.20. Okay. So, I'm in that last bit of the stretch where I have nothing to say. He's walking through shade at the moment. That's nice. And he's leaving this little town or suburb or village. I really... I'm lost for words. As a guy in Russia once said to me, I, I run out of word. Singular. I run out of word. What beautiful eye you have. Yeah. Lyosha, I think his name is Lyosha. Plyocha Lyosha, we used to call him. Plyocha means bad. He kind of was bad, though. There was a nice Lyosha. That would be Harosha Lyosha. And then there's Bad Lyocha. Lyocha. Lyocha Lyocha. <laughs> Even sounds bad, doesn't it? Okay. Lyocha Lyocha. Nyazavut Lyocha Lyocha. Translation My name is Bad Lyocha. 
there, I got the first line of my Russian opus. It's going to open like that. It's going to be a film, uh, sort of gangster, Russian gangster film. Big kind of drone shot flying over Moscow. Comes flying down to the land level, up the Volga. And then, I don't know, through, up to northern Moscow into one of those those uh, suburbs, you've got a million like high rises that all look the same and flies through a window of one of the, no, no, past shots of kids dealing drugs, sniffing glue, all this kind of stuff. Finally up to this guy, close in his face, you can see the bristles on his face. Takes a cigarette out of his mouth, stubs it out and goes. And there'd be music right up to that point, kind of Russian hip hop kind of music. Be kind of like La N. Remember that film? The Russian version of that. My God, I'm going to make this. Any producers listening, you know where to find me. Um, stops, he puts out the cigarette. He's close on his mouth. Dirty, crooked teeth. He goes, Nyanzavut, Klyocha, Lyocha. And uh, that's all I've got so far. And uh, okay, we've hit three hours. Tune in for more. We are farmers, bum, ba, da, bum, 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 bum. Over and out, God bless. Buen Camino.